0: are you texting? Where are you going? You're only saying this because you hate me. Are you really going to go out wearing that? You can't see them anymore. This is I testify conversation station. is ignoring the signs is a good way to end up in the wrong direction? Hey guys, it's your host, I'm Lauren, and I am joined today by two intelligent, beautiful ladies, and we're going to be talking on the topic, Red Flags, the Power of Walking Away. So first I'm going to intro, we have the lovely Miss Alvia Hurlington, who is the president of the Adventist Christian Fellowship Mustard Seed Chapter in downtown Toronto. How are you, Alvia? Oh, I'm doing great, Lauren. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this conversation. Thank you for coming. And I'm also joined by Ms. Kimberly Samaru, who is busy working super hard to obtain her master's. How are you doing, Kim? Hi,
1: Lauren. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to be with you lovely ladies.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to kind of go right into it. Uh, we're going to start the conversation by kind of talking about the what, so not necessarily examples yet, but we want to get a kind of an idea of what is the definition of a red flag? So I'll be, I'll, I'll open the floor up to you to start with. Um, can you kind of in your own words, give us a little definition of a red flag, the meaning?
2: Um, I would say that in its simplest form, I think that a red flag um, is a warning sign. It's something maybe non-negotiable or something that is a misunderstanding, but red flags always require taking a moment, having honest conversation, uh, re And I think that red flags, um, they have to do with our values and our core values, especially our priorities. Uh, and often they can feel like they're attacking those things. So important to keep watch for red
0: flags. Wow. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up, um, a warning sign. Because when I actually decided to just kind of Google the definition, it gives you kind of an example of beach beachgoers, you know, you should remember if the red flag is in the air, there's danger maybe in the area. So that is a warning. Uh, so I'm really glad you brought that up. And Kim, do you have anything you'd like to add kind of for like a definition in your own words?
1: Yeah, thank you. I would definitely associate our red flag with danger. As you stated previously, I see a red a red light at a stop sign or so definitely like a sign or a pre-warning to stop. Um and so to me that definitely would be associated with danger.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. So we're kind of we haven't figured out, you know, it's that basic everyone kind of knows. It's almost a universal language when you see red you know, stop, there's something that's coming, there's something that might be you need to pursue precaution or you need to stop uh, because something dangerous or could be up ahead. So now that we've kind of just talked about what exactly that definition is, I want to talk about kind of what relationships you can find red flags in. I think that there is a stereotype that it can only be in that romantic level. That's where you hear a lot about uh, red flags in conversations that are brought up about the topic. But let's kind of uh, scope uh, deeper and see if there's different relationships that um, we can find red flags. So if either of you would like to bring up a relationship you think it could be found it definitely the floor is open.
1: I think that a red flag can be found in a lot of friendships as well as family relationships. So for me, I associate um, a friendship, a red flag in a friendship if it's one, if it's one sided or if you're feeling burned out, if someone doesn't push you to be the best version of yourself um, and if. It, 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 someone's holding you back. So typically that can be associated as well in, you can see that in family relationships, people who don't support you, um, and creating that safe space if they're not part of that space.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think for, uh, the family, the family relationship, it might be a little bit tricky, I think for some people, but it is something that we should be aware of just looking at the little, the little things and know that, just because it's family context, there can be um, dangerous and warning signs that you should be aware of. Um, I'll be asking you, think of any other relationships?
2: I definitely think that on the family side of things, we put up with more red flags than we should. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to parents and parent relationships, especially parent relationships with teenage and adult children. Um, there have to be some boundaries that are drawn and red flags often pop up and sometimes we don't even know how to address them. It's a really complicated space, but red flags
0: certainly exist in familial relationships as well. Yeah, no, definitely familial. I, I thank you for bringing up that point, Alvia. We do. We, we, we proceed it with more caution than we might another relationship because they're a family. You know, we, we might tolerate more from them, but I don't think that's necessarily something that needs to be put into our minds that that is something we should have to put up with. Um, I also wanted to bring up friendships. I think that friendships, there can be talks of friendships and there can be warning signs, those red flags in the beginning or even in a long-term friendship that can develop and you can realize maybe this person isn't a healthy person for me to be around. Whether it's them not supporting you or maybe supporting you to go into a wrong direction. So family relationships, parental relationships, friendships, romantic relationships. We're gonna, I think, have a focus on the romantic um, aspect, but I definitely just wanted to bring to light that you know, red flags can be found in any relationship. And so now that we've kind of dis- established, we know what it is, we know it could be found in any relationship where there's two people at least uh, having some sort of involvement at an um, intimate level. We're gonna kind of dive into some examples. And how I want to go about this round, I can start off um, just talking about maybe you can each give one or two examples of what we think a red flag looks like, or an example of a red flag. So, the one I'm going to start with can definitely apply to both a friendship, um, a romantic relationship, or a familial relationship. And that is someone who puts a wedge in between you and actually backtrack this is actually more for a romantic and a friendship level but this is someone who puts a wedge between you and your family so if you have a friend or a partner who is kind of tugging you away from your family saying oh why do we have to go to this event all the time why are you always talking to your family uh i don't really like aunt so-and-so i don't like your mom i don't like you know it's just things like that these kind of little These little things that seem like, well, you know, not everybody likes everybody, but it seems like they're slowly and surely tugging you away from something that you find security in. I do think that's a big warning sign that maybe this person doesn't have the best intentions. So I don't know if anybody wants to elaborate on that, kind of like that driving wedge between you and a family or even you and a best friend, like someone that's really important to you.
2: Well, certainly with family members, um, you have a relationship with them already. They know some of the things that you like, you dislike. They know some of um, your habits, and they can stay on top of that. When you have someone who's trying to drive a wedge between you and those people Uh, You have to really wonder if they have your best interests at heart. Now, that doesn't mean disagreeing. Uh, There are people who spend too much time with their family and people who really do have toxic family members that uh, a partner might not want to be around. But I think that that should always be phrased as a conversation. Um, I think especially when it comes to these family member discussions, nothing should be we're not hanging out with that person. You're not seeing that person. Those are toxic. Those are red flags for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree with Alvia. I believe that someone who puts you down is someone who would be giving you red flags. Um, that can be in your family setting, your friend setting, and your romantic setting. And so being someone who's planning to go into childcare, I, I really am a supporter of praise and being able to respect others and setting those boundaries. So I am a firm believer that someone who puts you down doesn't make you the best version of yourself or help support that in establishing that healthy relationship.
2: I think that one other thing um, about red flags uh, in romantic relationships, especially is you can tell uh, a lot of red flags or even green flags uh, from the way that you argue. Now there always are going to be discussions. There are always going to be arguments in relationships. That's natural. That's normal. We disagree. So what, but how do, how does that play out? Is there a respectful tone all throughout when someone says something that maybe they didn't mean to say, do they take the time to say that they're sorry and really uh, a deep apology, a genuine apology? Are they able to be aware of things are escalating out of hand and put a pause to that? Do they know when it's time for them to say, you know what, I'm going to step away from the situation a little bit and we can come back together? Or um, is there a lot of negativity, a lot of um, shaming, manipulation, hurtful language? That matters a lot.
0: And those are all red flags. Yeah, no. Thank you so much, Alvia, for bringing that up. And that actually makes me want to turn to um, a verse in the Bible from the book uh, that's called Proverbs, and it's Proverbs seventeen, verse twenty-seven. And it just goes as follow: A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. And that is, it's it's powerful because, of course, arguments are going to come up in any relationship. That's that's very natural. Um, but it's how, like Alvia said, it's how you're arguing. If somebody is overpowering you, cutting you off, raising their voice, or even if they're not raising their voice, if they just don't even let you get a word in while you're trying to have this conversation, that, that is not healthy, and that that is a red flag. So I'm glad that you were able to bring that up, Aldia. Um, I don't know, Kim, if you want to add anything into that as
1: well. Yeah so honestly, I, I believe that manipulation can easily you can sometimes see these red flags, but you choose to annoy, like annoy it, um, ignore it. Sorry, You choose to ignore it uh, because it, it, manipulation is so easy to kind of see, try and see the best in people. And sometimes when you're constantly in that cycle of red flags, you believe that you start to forget and you realize you start to make excuses for that person, right. And so that being said, it's easy to ignore those signs. So I do agree um, with what both of you are saying.
2: Kimberly, that's such a great thing you brought up. And it kind of leads me to um, an example, a story in my own personal life. Uh, I've been in some negative relationships in my past. And there was one relationship where I met someone at a really low point in their life. So they were going through a lot of stuff. They were unhappy with their circumstances. And so one of the first times that they called me names and they were extremely rude, disrespectful, I was like, and then they were like, oh, it's just a joke. I was having a bad day. I brushed it off. I said, you know what? Fine. You're going through a lot. I totally understand. It was really easy to turn a blind eye in that moment. But over time, that behavior led to a really verbally toxic relationship. It was filled with a lot of blaming and a lot of manipulative language, a lot of shaming. And so you just have to be aware and address that red flag from early on, because dismissing unkind behavior might have (laughs) some really bad
1: consequences um, later on. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and for sharing that, Alvia. I, I appreciate your response.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Alvia. And it's, it, it's true. Sometimes when someone else is maybe at a lower point in their life, we might feel the obligation to almost take what they're giving and kind of putting on us. But, yeah. you know, and for, that is a red flag. Um, you know, when you're in a relationship, whether it's at the romantic level or just a friendship level, you shouldn't be the punching bag for somebody. You should be able to um, be someone that could be their support system for sure, but it shouldn't feel like you're taking the blow with each thing that comes from them. You, you shouldn't feel that you're being hurt by them um, because they're um, at a lower point in their life. So thank you so much for that vulnerability, Lvia. Um Just another example I wanted to talk about was kind of demanding to see your phone. So this is kind of at the romantic level. Um, Last week, we actually talked about uh, trying to stay off of our phones. But at this level, um, I wanted to talk about that being a red flag because I know I've had friends who have said um, their partner had requested that they go through their phone um, whenever they want. And, you know, I think it's a personal decision uh, whether or not you feel obligated to allow your partner to have 100% access to your device. But I think that should be a personal decision that you make, you know, it shouldn't be an obligation. Your phone is your property. It could have private things that it's, it's between you and yourself and you're not necessarily ready to open up that um, part of yourself to your uh, partner. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that. Do we think that that is a serious thing or is that kind of like, Oh, whatever. It's just my phone.
1: Yeah. So That is a great question, especially in 2021 with the use of technology. Um, Great example. I think that when I hear um, someone wanting to go on my phone, I think of trust. I think, well, why is it that they need to see my phone? Is there something that I I'm hiding? Does it come from insecurity? What is, so I associate that with trust and building trust. And I believe in healthy relationships that it is important to build trust. So I don't need to see, I shouldn't need to see my, my, my partner's phone because I'm insecure. I should, if they run to the bathroom and their phone rings and it's their, their mom or someone that they, you know, it's their family member or their friend, like, okay, maybe those boundaries before I know I can answer it it's fine but in terms of going on their phone and and checking their personal messages and like photos and memos like I just I believe that trust is really important an important foundation in any relationship and I hold trust very very closely in my relationship with God and so for me I really do believe that um, in terms of using someone's phone I think that your motives behind it need to need to be pure right you need to be able to know like do am I letting my partner have my password in any case there's an emergency, and they need to contact someone. Like, what? So, what are your motives, um, as well as building trust and a foundation? Is it healthy?
2: Trust is a huge part of that question that you asked, Lauren. But also. I would say that boundary element. I mean, we're in a world where every conversation we have, there's a record of it. And that's crazy. But historically, if you think about it, your partner wouldn't necessarily be there for every conversation you ever have with anyone. They might not ever see um, some of the interactions you have. And that was okay, because those boundaries meant that you have your friends and you have your family and you share what you want from that. And um, when it comes to reading through those messages or looking through those pictures on your phone, that can be... Not just a huge invasion of privacy, but it can be someone's way of finding ways to manipulate you. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really dangerous um, territory we can wander into. Certainly, you can share your device and they can have your password or maybe even access to your social media. But there has to be a moment where you say, I have my friends and I have a conversation with them. that might not, And that might not be any of your business even if I'm not hiding anything from you. And I think that that is a a really important boundary to set about privacy um, and about one's personal choices.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and I think too, is once you get into that cycle of insecurities and constant doubt, then it starts to create that healthy relationship with your partner. So one day your partner says, no, I don't want to show you my phone. And and how are you going to react? How are they going to react, right? So it's it's really about setting those healthy boundaries and trusting in your partner and believing that your relationship is stronger and you have a foundation that is built on on love and trust and and forgiveness. And so I, I really do believe um, and agree with what you're saying, Elvia.
0: Wow, thank you guys. So um, the last kind of little example of a red flag I'm going to bring up, it's kind of also going to be a segue into kind of um, the why it's important to recognize these red flags is the red flag of someone hurting yourself self-worth. So it can start off very, I think examples can start off very small, whether it's them saying, maybe we should get a gym membership together after you're complaining about not feeling your best. And that may sound actually very helpful, but I think it's about understanding the time, the mindset that that person is in at the time of suggesting getting a gym membership. Um, I know that I've read lots of stories, I think for women, especially weight can be um, a very sensitive topic. And when you're with someone that is supposed to be your support your person that loves you and wants the best for you. If you're at a really low point in your self-esteem when it comes to something like your weight, um, for them to maybe suggest, well, why don't you just go to the gym? Uh, might not be the most helpful. And I do think it might be the segue into that danger zone because it could turn into them saying, you know, you're really fat and I don't really like, I don't really want to be with you right now. I don't want to, you're just, you're not, I'm not attracted to you right now. Da-da-da-da-da. And that is really dangerous for our self-worth and God wants us to have such value in our self-worth. So I kind of want to talk about that, uh, whether it's, it doesn't matter what um, aspect of the self-esteem your partner is trying to target. I just want to kind of open up the floor to discuss the dangers and why it's a red flag when someone is having a constant um, attitude towards your appearance or just uh, who you are as a person.
1: Well, that is a good bit- Good question. And it gave me goosebumps, actually, because it reminded me of a situation um, in my own romantic relationships in the past. There was one situation where I had never really been conscious or off off my weight or my body, but someone who I I thought I loved or I claimed I loved had told me about my body and told me that I should consider going to the gym and that I wasn't as skinny. And so for me, like, even though it was a small comment, um, actions really do speak louder than words. And I could see the way that they would look at me. And it just made me feel like I wasn't worthy. And someone who loves you and supports you should not make you feel that way. And honestly, although I am not in a relationship with that person anymore, to this day, like I still struggle with, sometimes I look at myself and you look at yourself in the mirror. And obviously this is a very vulnerable um, situation, but I think that it's a, it's a personal struggle that, that a lot of people really struggle with. And so it just goes to show being mindful and, and really showing God's love. Like, is that, was that a loving thing to say? Was, that out of God's love? No, because that that was not. God. You, Your body is a temple and um, God created me and I am unique and I am beautiful just the way I am. And it is so empowering to be able to have this conversation with such strong women like both of you and um, being able to share our, our personal experiences. And so I really did struggle with my body and the way I looked after that. And that itself was a red flag, which is I chose to ignore and I chose to think, I, you know what, I'm going to start working out. I started working out and I felt horrible after working out. And I was like, well, I should feel good after working out. But I realized that I was feeling horrible because I was doing it to please someone else. Now I can say that when I work out or I go for a jog, I try to do it for myself because I deserve to feel healthy and feel beautiful in my own body. And so if working out is going to make me healthy, then I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it to use it as validation for my body, for being skinny enough to meet the requirement of my partner's needs instead I'm going to do it for me. And so I really do think that creating that positive environment, having people who support you, like you said, Lauren, like I love to work out with friends. I love to go to the gym. I love with my friends. And so um, finding those healthy support groups are really important. People who can push and motivate you. And so I do think the way you were things really does affect people I do think even if you think it's just a small comment or a small joke it goes a long way and so um it really does affect like this relationship was over a year ago and sometimes when I still try and close I look at myself in the mirror and I think wow like I I, you start to question your worth and if you're good enough and the reality is is we are good enough and all of our bodies and different shapes and sizes that we are we are God's creation and we are beautiful so that is something that really does uh stand out to me and I'm a big advocate especially in the work and the program that I am in community engagement and social justice being able to fight for um women's empowerment and and making sure the women all over the globe are uh empowered and feel strong and healthy as the the person that they are today and so um I take my my past experience as an opportunity for growth and to mold me into the strong person so that I can motivate other young women as well as share that story with other women um who are facing the societal pressures of meeting the needs of those models of Instagram or um, the those negative comments and connotations around our body image. And I can use that story to help motivate them and push them to once they're happy with th- themselves, that's all that matters. And to be able to set those clear boundaries so they can create an environment with their partner where they they feel beautiful for themselves and they love themselves enough that it doesn't matter what the people around them say and that they have a partner who does support them despite whatever they look like or feel like. Um,
2: If I could step in here, this red flag that you're talking about here, it's a huge one. Anything that is impacting your self-esteem, making you feel lesser, um, there should be no room for that inside a relationship and an innocent sounding comment such as, um, you should fix the way you do your hair, or you should try this, that. When it's repetitive, I think is something that needs to be taken note of. You know, even your family might say to you, "You should maybe less wear, wear You should maybe wear less lipstick, or something like that. Something that is really innocent sounding. But if they say it every day, over and over again, with increasing um, harm, and they send you a picture of what somebody else looks like, and then they. Um, show you a tv show they pointed out one moment when they like that you should look like that then when it becomes repetitive i think is when it becomes toxic and that's a huge red flag lauren could i speak on one more red flag that absolutely of course go ahead there's just one that i think is really um meaningful in our life right now we know that people have mental health challenges and when they come into a relationship, they bring those mental health challenges with them, they might have chronic depression, they might have trauma from previous experiences. And it's really easy to say anybody who has a bad past, next red flag. But what I would love instead that sure, that's a red flag, that's a warning. But I think the bigger red flag is, is this person willing to do the professional support, you can be in a relationship with someone, whether counseling you can say something to them like hey it sounds like you're really having a bad day this isn't something i can handle i'm not your therapist but mm-hmm. why don't you go and talk to the person that you already have in your support group who can help you with that if someone is unwilling to get support or unwilling to do that work on themselves in a professional way um in a spiritual way and a very dedicated committed way then that i would say is a huge red flag
1: mm, oh. i'll be I- I agree. That is a wonderful point because being someone who does struggle with the anxiety, with anxiety and anxieties around school and all those little things, constant worry, I have had relationships where they have said, "When when I do bring up something that bothers me or something that is a concern, it's oh, it's just your anxiety." Oh, and so being condescending and belittling and and using your mental health as a, as a reason as to why your feelings are not valid, it's an extreme red flag. And then eventually, after hearing it repeatedly, like you said, you start to believe you know what? It is my anxiety. It's you're right. You're right. Don't even worry about it. And, and so you start to find yourself um, advocating for, for, for your partner who is bringing you down and, and demeaning you. And so it is a constant um, unhealthy cycle. And so I do appreciate you bringing up um, the struggles around mental health and the stigma. And so I really do believe that um, I am someone who did say, Oh, like, I don't want to come from, I don't want to be with a partner who has this and that and that. And, And you start to realize, well, what, every, like we're not perfect. We're all human, and and so you you start to realize what the true love looks like, and the importance of loving people despite their differences, and accepting everyone the way that they are, and so that you can build those healthy relationships, even in romantic levels.
0: Wow! Thank you, thank you, guys, both so much for just the examples you brought up, and just the uh, the powerful messaging in, in both of those. And so now you know we've we've talked about the serious da- uh, dangers of these red these red flags. Um, So I want to talk about just kind of to end the segment, a little bit more of a positive, no, but why, why should you walk away from these situations? What will it do for you as a person? Will it, will it make you a stronger person or will it actually, will it actually hurt you? Is there a power in walking away? So I'm just going to open up the floor to kind of that, that why, why should you walk away?
1: Mm, That's good. That is a very good question. For me, um, I believe that you should walk away because you are strong, because you are empowered. And when you trust um, in your faith and you trust in the Lord and you lean on Him rather than your broken relationships or the red flags, you find peace and comfort, and um, you're able to rebuild that strength. It is never easy when you're when someone makes you feel less of yourself, and it's very difficult to walk away. You have those doubts, you have those fears, and you know what? You need to place them on the Lord. You need to place them in a place of healing and, and trust that you are not alone. You need to surround yourself around that support group. Seek resources if need be. Um, you need to know what's available for you, and so I really do think that Um, you walk away because you are loved and because God loves you and he wants the best for you. And the best for you is not to be in a situation or to be in a relationship where there are red flags. And so for me, I, one of my past relationships, they didn't want to come to church with me and that is okay. But and and you know what that's okay if you're not feeling well you're having a bad day you want to look at um an online service that is that is okay with me but if you're saying oh I don't want to go to church with you oh we have church today like that is a red flag and and walking away not only strengthened my relationship with God but it gave me the opportunity to rebuild my faith and grow into the person I am today and so walking away is really taking a leap in faith and strengthening your ability and your growth and it really does mold you into a person of love and and A stronger individual.
0: Thank you.
2: You know, I just want to say that no matter what the red flag is, no matter what the relationship, and no matter what altercations happen, maybe you've given yourself physically more than you initially wanted to, maybe you have said some mean things too, maybe you're also struggling with your mental health or struggling with your self esteem to begin with, no matter what you're not responsible for anybody else's actions. You're not responsible for anyone else's behavior. You might think you've gotten yourself in too deep, but you can't actually let shame hold you back Mm -hmm. because it's not your fault if someone else is exhibiting red flags towards you. They can work on themselves, sure, but that's not your responsibility to deal with. It's your responsibility to make sure that you're safe, to recommend support to that person, to support them. But that might look like supporting them from a distance or supporting them by stepping out of that relationship. You know, there's such good news in knowing that God loves us, and there's Mm -hmm. nothing we can do in this entire world to make us to make him love us more. He -hmm. created us, we can't make him love us more. But we also can't make him love us any less. And that is so encouraging, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what red flags you're experiencing, no matter what toxicity you're dealing with or what abuse you've been taking, you have the power to step away from that because you have a God who loves you endlessly.
1: Yeah. And I believe that that, that's so beautiful because during a pandemic, a global pandemic, COVID-19, it is so easy to feel isolated and to feel alone and to feel that you need to stay in these, these unsecure red flag relationships. And so being able to set those boundaries and saying, God, like what, what is my purpose? What is my worth? And realizing that your relationship with God, no one can take that away from you. And so you have the ability and the strength to, to grow with that relationship and to use that relationship as a foundation for your healthy future relationships that include romantic relationships that include those family relationships and those friendship relationships. So if, um, yeah, knowing that you're not alone is, is extremely, extremely important, especially during this time, COVID-19 pandemic, where you can feel alone on this, in this online world.
0: Well, thank you guys so much. I think you both wrapped it up beautifully. I'm going to wrap it up. Actually, both your, both your comments really uh, wrap into this first um, on the why you should leave. And it's Genesis 1, verse 27. And it kind of goes as follows. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And I think that just goes to show why you want to leave. Because God created you as a unique, beautiful individual who deserves to have a healthy, happy relationship. God wants you to be happy and to use the... Uh, the Veggie Tail quote, if you're familiar with it, you know, God made you special and he loves you very much. And it, that's what it sums up. That's what it kind of sums down to. Jeremiah 29 11, God knows the plans that he has for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have a future. So he wants you to be aware of those signs. Alvin and Kim, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me. It was a great discussion. And for all of you guys listening and watching right now, if you enjoyed this content and look forward to hearing more content like this, please subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to like and comment, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.